0: Welcome back to J. Tom Lollerink. End of the second period here with the score. Boston University leading Merrimack. It is two to nothing. Second period goals for the Terriers from Dante Favreau on the power play and Gabriel Shabbat. And that has staked the terriers to a 2 to nothing lead. I'm Mike Macnick with John Lee. He's second in a mission, brought to you by Merrimack Graduate Studies. At Merrimack, you can earn your master's degree in as little as one year. Choose from graduate programs in business, education, engineering, health sciences, criminology, and so much more. Visit merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. Let's bring in Mike McMahon from the MacReport.com, also College Hockey News and the Eagle Tribune. Well, Mike, you know, second period's been a tough one for the Warriors all year despite the goal last night that they got, which proved to be the game-winner against U.N.A. They've been outscored 30-16 coming in tonight. I thought the second period, for the most part, was pretty good until that penalty and until that power play, and they just get a bounce or a couple of bounces that didn't go their way on the power play goal. And then the play with uh, Gabriel Shabbat. Redeflecting uh, or, or, or redirecting a feed uh, from David Farrance into the goal to make it two nothing. Two goals less than three minutes apart. That's the difference, and you know sometimes that's the way it's been. I think for this Warrior team, they
1: certainly didn't play bad second period, but you know just a couple of plays like that end up being the difference. And I have no explanation for it. It's the weird. I mean, it really is the weirdest thing. I think if you you look at it and say, okay, if it was the first period for whatever reason they got they trouble getting going, right? They just got trouble getting into the game out of the box. Uh, if you look at it and say it's the third period, you can say, "Well, maybe it's a it's a conditioning issue. They have trouble closing games." To have to be the second period that's yeah. that's been the unlucky one. Is weird. You just don't. It's it's. I have to think it's it's just a statistical anomaly, and they are getting outscored more in second periods just because that's how it's worked out. But yeah, it's it's been strange the way that it's uh, the way that it's fallen like that. This one here I think was a little more of a more of an even second period like you said, just a, a couple of bad breaks and you find yourself down two goals. I thought they played a lot better than they did in the first period when they only got five shots despite having
0: six minutes of power play time. Uh, only the five shots on goal. Second period, there wasn't much going on. It was really, uh, you know, every both teams were playing it close to the best, but, uh, you know, some chances were few and far between. But still, if you're Merrimack, you don't mind that. If you can get into the third period and, let's say, it's still a 0-0 game, well, now you're down to 20 minutes. But, you know, it's a couple of plays like that, as we mentioned. So you look at it overall and you say, well, they didn't play a bad period, yet they're still down to nothing.
1: Yeah, and you call it like it is to them, I and this is a team that's struggling to score goals. So, uh, looking at a, i mean, they looked at a two-goal deficit last night, and they were able to erase it. So, uh, you're kind of in the same position you were you know, 24 hours ago, but this is still a team that struggling to score goals, especially 5-on-5. Five five. You have to think now, with each team having three power play opportunities through two periods, might not be many of those in the third. So, 5-on-5 uh, five five goals, they've been saying for a while, they need to, to find a way to, to, to find some. <laughs> and I think that's, that's really where they are now, because they're going to, I think they're going to have to get at least one of these five-on-five. You might get one power play in the third, depending upon what happens, but uh, you're, at least one of those are going to have to come at even strength. On the second goal for
0: BU, the Shabbat goal, the feed from Parents, long, long discussion after it, uh, Mark Dennehy and the uh, Merrimack coaches uh, really arguing with the officiating crew, in particular John Gravelise, the uh, referee for tonight's game, one of the two referees, uh, trying to figure out what they might have been. Discussing it didn't look to me like there was contact with the goaltender by uh, Shabbat. It didn't look to me like the play was offside. Uh, any thoughts on what it was that Mark He might have been asking about
1: there? I don't know. Yeah, I my guess was is they wanted them to look to see if it was offside. That was my guess, uh, because I didn't really notice a whole lot of contact with the goaltender either, so my guess is that it may have been to look to see if it was offside. I thought it was close uh, to being offside at the live speed and at the replay that we had on the broadcast that I saw. You know, I don't think it was offside, but you never know. they can of course slow it down they've got other angles that they can use if you go to replay so maybe you could tell a little bit differently if you had uh, uh, the you know more more time and actually went to a review there but looking at the replay outside, I didn't think it was offside but I, I, I imagine that's what they were looking at but honestly I'm not, not sure that might have just been a case of rolling the dice and seeing that you know maybe we can get them to
0: take a look at it and maybe they'll see something because obviously that was a big goal in the game but uh, I mean I didn't think that I saw anything that would have led me to let's say use a timeout to ask for the review, and clearly uh, they didn't do it either on the bench. So I, I'm guessing it was, again, just kind of uh, almost uh, like a chess match there, trying to see maybe you know if we
1: argue it long enough and loudly enough, we'll get them to look. Well, the other thing, too, I don't know if they do this in college hockey as much as in the NHL, but I know in the NHL a lot of times when you see coaches arguing like that, it's just to buy time yeah. because they'll have a video coach or someone somewhere that's looking at it, trying to determine it. And these guys are on headsets. I mean, there, there's access to the bench from the, uh, the press box in the video room whatever. Uh, so in the NHL, a lot of times it's trying to buy time while someone else else is looking at it to determine whether or not you should challenge it. So, I mean, it could have been a situation like that, too. Hey, here's a question. Do you
0: think that we are necessarily that far away, maybe in Division One hockey, from a situation where you've got, uh, say, video replay officials appointed by the league or, you know, controlled by the league such that they're going to look at every goal? And they're going to call down if there's something that should be looked at. And maybe you take some of that decision making away. You know, the, the uh, re- officials don't necessarily have to decide. They know everything's going to get looked at. The coaches don't have to worry about maybe we're going to try to, you know, we'll take a chance here, use our timeout, because they know it's at
1: least going to get looked at by somebody. I, I don't think we're that far away from that. Neither do I. I think it'd be good. Uh, I think any time you can kind of uniform it as best you can it's a good thing, yeah. because there's so many different ways to interpret these rules, and what what is goalie interference, what isn't goalie interference, it depends on who you get, it really it depends on who you get, it depends on who you get as a referee that night, so any way that you could- this is happening, by the way, once you get to the tournament, right, it's happening at least once you get to the
0: Garden in the semifinals and the finals, that the league does appoint somebody who's up there looking at every goal, looking for
1: uh, something that they might need to review further. But I mean, with technology nowadays, too, you could have someone sitting at their office in Wakefield, literally looking at every goal, I mean, that's just, it's pretty simple, yeah. it's pretty simple to do. Kind of like the, instead of the home office in Toronto, right? The home yeah. office in Wakefield. But I mean, you could you could do that now. Realistically, I mean, with technology the way it is, you could easily do that. So I, w- I would imagine that they would that was something like that would be good. Um, I also would like. I mean, I don't think this will ever happen, but I'd like to see them get away from individual conferences having officials. I'd like to see them go to just the NCAA reg- regulates the officiating and there's NCAA officials, and you kind of get that message consistently across the board of what you're looking for in terms of calls because I know one of the things that was brought up I think it was with, maybe when Mark Denny, or our coach earlier this year was, you know, they went out to the NCHC and played games out against some of their teams and it's just, it's a war I mean, they let everything go and then you come into Hockey East or, or some of these other leagues out East and it's like you can't breathe on somebody without getting called for the joke The joke used to be with the CCHA, the Clutch and Crucify Hockey Association, but
0: <laughs> not anymore of course that league's defunct. Yeah,
1: so but that's what I mean if you could find a way to regulate it nationally which I don't think anyone will ever agree to do, yeah. but if you could ever get that, I mean, I just I think any step like that is a step in the right direction because it just makes it more uniform. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, it's individual, individual conferences, but all these guys are playing for one, all trying to win one NCAA national championship. So, uniform it as best you can.
0: Here's the here's the question, though. I mean, I know we have to run, but here's the question: In what other sport is that currently happening? It's it isn't. I don't think I don't see any way that they'd be able to do that. I mean, you're going to be able to fly referees around the country well, when? You you, know.
1: Yeah, no, you could keep it regionalized, like so these guys could the guys out here could do. Uh, and so they do ECAC hockey, some Atlantic games. I mean, I think I don't necessarily think you've got to fly people in from Denver to do you know games up Boston, but just to try to keep the message and in, in, okay, this is what we're looking for as in terms of points of emphasis, try making it as consistent as possible instead of just right. these are the and then you, right now you give it to the supervisor of officials and then each one of those guys gives it to their league officials and yeah. who knows what gets lost in translation. So to play the devil's advocate thing, I mean, couldn't they just do that without needing uh, you know some sort of National uh, controller
0: of it or whatever. I mean, couldn't, couldn't the league just agree that hey, hey, we all we're all in this together. Uh, let's just make sure we're communicating and making sure everybody's calling it the same way. You would think. Yeah, no, maybe it is easier said than done. Yeah. I don't know. You would think.
1: It, 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 <laughs> yeah. so, it sounds simple enough, but yeah, sometimes you never know. Yeah.
0: All right, Mike. Thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll look forward to talking to you next week. It'll be the final weekend of the season. Be keeping an eye on the playoff scenarios as well. And check out his work at the MacReport.com, also the Eagle Tribune and Call Talking News. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. That's Mike McMahon, our guest here. The score: BU2, Merrimack, nothing. Back with more after this. This is Warrior Hockey.